Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Full Wall Project. Yay. Um, it is October. How crazy is that? <laughs> the year is almost done, and we're just getting started. Um, October is my favorite month for many, 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 many reasons. Um, I like Halloween. I'm not big into, like, Hallow's Eve, like, all Hallow's Eve. But I just like the idea of, like, getting dressed up and having fun. I like the idea of going pumpkin patching, apple picking. I love all the things that come with fall, and October seems to be, like, the main time to do it because in November it'll just be kind of cold and things are already on their way, way to, like, dying, <laughs> um, so to speak, talking about, like, vegetation and things like that. So yeah, so October is my favorite month. The colors are changing. I'm actually in Colorado, in Colorado Springs right now. And while we're here, it's so much cooler here than it was in, in the DMV area. So if you don't know, I'm full-time traveling in my RV with my husband. And right now we're stationed in Colorado. And we have been here for a month. It has been amazing. It's like a fall paradise. If you love fall, you will love Colorado around this time of year. We got here at the beginning of September. Is that true? The beginning of September? Yep. The beginning of September. And we have been here and it's now October. Um, so yeah, so it's been amazing. Uh, the weather was warmer, of course, in the beginning of September, but now it's cooling off. Last night um, in Colorado Springs, it reached around like 44 degrees. So yeah, so it is really, really, really fall-like here. If you hear what's going on in my background, our campground is actually right next to a highway. I don't understand. I don't get it. But it's just the setup. It's just what's going on right now. So if you hear, you know, cars going in the distance, people honking, whatever, please forgive me. Please bear with me. I'm sorry about the um, place that we're stationed. It's so weird because um, my husband and I both work in, like, audio things. So, like, I'm a singer-songwriter. I podcast. I do other stuff. And my husband is a voiceover actor. So, a voice talent. So, you know, when we're using our mics, they pick up everything that's going on around us. So this is not the best place to be stationed. But, you know, so be it. We're going to work with the hand we were dealt and we're going to keep it pushing. So I mentioned why I love October. It's beautiful. It's festive. It's colorful. Um, it's cozy. Breaking out the sweaters and all this other stuff. October is also Depression Awareness Month. That's right. So if you don't know, um, I suffer with depression. About five years ago, I was diagnosed with major depress depressive disorder um, and moderate anxiety. And I know that I was exhibiting symptoms beforehand, before I could even name what it was um, when I was in high school. There was a lot of things going on in high school, you know, just personally, um, whether that was at home or that was actually at school. It's, it's just a, a time of transition, right? You're becoming a woman. You're trying to figure out what you're going to do, or a man, I guess, in, in the case of my male listeners, um, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do for the rest of your life. College is approaching, you're dating, you're getting your heart broken, you're discovering who you are, your body's changing. There's just so much angst with um, the teenage portion of our lives, right? It's just so much angst, so much rebellion, so much like, who am I? You know, um, we've been in school for a majority of our lives and we're trying to figure out what to do next, right? But in addition to that, um, I was struggling at home. Um, my home life was not the best. Um, my parents, even though they were still married, they were going through their drama. Um, there was a lot of things going on in our home. There was abuse, there was neglect, there was um, abandonment. Um, and I had really good escapes when I was in high school. I played a lot of sports. 
I was on choir. I was on newspaper. I just joined a lot of things to keep me busy um, without really understanding that there was a problem that I was trying to, I guess, fix by joining all this stuff. Um, and I didn't really have the language or the knowledge to really seek help when I needed help. You know, um, I would come to school some days and just cry, you know, and I look back at my choir director, um, Mr. Murphy, shout out to Largo High School um, in PG County. Uh, Mr. Murphy, the choir director at the time, he was so intuitive. He was so insightful and you could tell that something was wrong and he would always tell me it's okay. It's going to be okay. You know, he would ask me if I'm all right and I would lie and say, yeah, I'm fine. And he would look at me and say, no, you're not, you know, and um, he's also a Christian. So I feel like that has a lot to do with it. Um, I'm a believer. If I haven't said that before, I believe in Jesus Christ. Um, and, you know, I feel like because we were both kindred spirits in that way, he could pick up that something was wrong. Um, and he provided a sanctuary for a lot of other students just like me. Um, so shout out to Mr. Murphy. So I wanted to actually get into depression this month, being that it is Depression Awareness Month um, or Depression um, Education Month. I feel like there are so many things that people don't know about depression. And like I'm, and I want to make this disclaimer before I even get started. Just because I suffer from depression, I do not represent all people who are depressed, right? So I want to talk about some common misconceptions about what people feel about depression and even what I thought about depression, you know? Um, so yeah, let's, let's um, dive in with an open mind. I want to share this this month. I know this is not a fun topic. It's not a topic that a lot of people like to talk about. Anything mental health, nobody really wants to talk about, right? But it's important that we do talk about it. You know, so many, so many people try to cover up what they're going through, you know, out of fear of looking weak or out of fear of people not understanding them. Um, I know that I kept a lot of things to myself because I was afraid of people judging me. And in some instances, some people did judge me. Um, one, I feel like because they weren't mature, but also because they didn't really know. They didn't really have the skills you know, which is not their fault to deal with um, depression or someone who is depressed. So whether you struggle with depression yourself or if, you know, you support somebody who is depressed or who struggles with depression, a person who struggles with depression, um, I feel like hopefully these next few episodes will be helpful for you um, in either way. What I will say is that we all experience some form of depression at some point in life, you know. Um, and again, the reasons may vary. It might look different for different people. Um, some people can work through their depression and some people can't. Some people have to stay home. Um, I know when I was working at a hospital um, in the D.C. area, Providence Hospital, before it shut down, there were days when I just could not make it to work. Or if I made it to work, I was barely functioning, right? Like, I was there, but I wasn't there. I was completing the tasks, but involving myself emotionally, I just had no energy to do that. Um, and again, depression can be brought on for so many different things. I talked about, let's get into that first one. All depression is caused by the same thing. That's a misconception. That's not true. Um, people people get depressed for different reasons. It can be a chemical imbalance, right? Like the you see the commercials with that little dot thing, and it's like a depressive a depressed dot, and um, it's talking about how um, certain signals aren't being sent to the brain. We've all seen that commercial, right? So it could start on a chemical level. Like nothing even has to, using air quotes, happen for people to be depressed. Sometimes it's just a chemical imbalance. Sometimes someone is mourning. Someone might have lost a job, a parent, a child. Um, you know, um, if they're carrying, they may have lost, you know, a, a child in utero. Um, some people might have um, gotten divorced or their parents um, 
may have passed on. Like, there are so many different reasons um, someone could be in mourning. And sometimes when you're in mourning, you become depressed. You become depressed. Um, Depression happens because of life changes. I mentioned before I was in high school, you know, I'm a child, but not really. And I'm going to have to make adult decisions. It's just so much pressure um, from, you know, society, from my parents, from school. Like, you got to figure out what you're doing. And you got to also make the money to pay for this tuition. You're in transition. And being in transition sometimes is triggering for people in their depression. Um, going to college, you know, I wasn't really depressed, but I wasn't really uh, too excited either. I was afraid. I had never been away from my house that long. Like, and granted, I was only in Baltimore. <laughs> so I was only 45 minutes away. So people who move like across the country, like they can struggle with depression. Like they can, you know, I don't know, like wild out or whatever. And you might think like, oh, they're just, you know, they're just wilding out. They're just out of control. But really, they might just be lonely. They might just be scared. They might be homesick. Um, there are a million reasons why people do things, you know. Um, another misconception is that depression is just when people are sad, right? We know that's not true. Those sadness can be a part of someone's depressive episode. Now, again, I'm only speaking for myself because I um, am not, I am in no way able to represent everyone who struggles with depression. Depression is a case-by-case basis, right? It happens on a case-by-case basis. So um, what I found is a lot of people like, oh, you're just sad. You're just sad. Almost like it's my choice, right, to be sad. And it's my choice not be depressed. Um, You know... (sighs) There's this thing that I, I want to call, like, uh, toxic positivity. It's when people force other people to be happy when they're not. Um, and I made this up. This is in no way, like, a dictionary-defined uh, word or phrase. If it is, I probably don't have the right definition anyway. But this is just something that I call. Um, people force people to be happy when they're not. And it's not because you care about them. Though maybe it could be, like, oh, I just want to see you happy. But a lot of times it's because people don't want to deal with their depressed friend, right? It would make them more comfortable to not have to deal with someone who is depressed. So if you can just pretend for me that you're happy, like if you can just choose happiness over sadness, right? Like that's, that's this rhetoric we're, we're, we're spewed. That's this rhetoric that we're told that like, you know, it's a choice. And for someone like me, it's so discouraging to hear that because one, it's not a choice. So let's, let's get that myth out the way. It's not a choice. And two, like, who would want to be sad, right? Who wants to be depressed? Like, depression, you can feel aches all over your body. You feel like no one loves you. You feel alone. You feel isolated. You feel like nothing you do matters. You Sometimes people can veer into the suicidal lane of it and be like, why am I even here? Um, I've been there before. I've, been, I've had suicidal thoughts. I've thought about taking my own life um, because it just didn't seem worth it. It didn't seem like... If there was going to be no joy in my life, why be alive, right? And if people are going to keep telling me that I'm depressed because it's my fault, you're basically faulting the person with depression um, into saying that it's their choice to be depressed. Now, would you say the same thing to someone who has cancer? Someone, and I hate to use these extreme examples, but like, it's the same. If someone broke their leg, you're not going to say, oh, you chose to broke your leg. You chose not to be healed. That's silly. That doesn't make any sense. In the same way, It doesn't make any sense for you to fault someone with depression just because you can't deal with it, just because you can't handle it, you know? Um, Either, and again, we'll get into that later about how you can be a supportive person um, to someone with depression. What I just want to name some quick 
misconceptions that people have. Um, another misconception people have is that you can pray it away. That, you know, oh, your relationship. I, I literally had a sister. Well, we're not friends anymore. But um, she told me that I shouldn't need to go to counseling because God is my counselor. And while God is my counselor, God also placed people on earth to help, right? So there's a scripture that says, seek wise counseling, right? And so counseling, yeah, sure. That can be you going to a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist, whatever you need um, for help, right? Seeking wise counsel is also seeking wise friends, family members, communities. Like if you want to join a support group or if you, you know, want to listen to a podcast or something um, from from a, an actual therapist. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are resources out there um, to help people, right? To support people. And what I want to dispel is this myth that you have to suffer alone. That That you can only choose to pray it away <laughs> or you can only choose therapy, right? And I believe it's somewhere in the middle. Like, yes. I pray, but I also go to counseling. I also go to my friends. Like I also go to my husband. I also go to my pastor. You know what I'm saying? When I'm, when I'm seeking understanding, um, you can do both. You don't have like, they're not mutually exclusive. You know what I'm saying? God placed us here on earth to be in community, to, to be in community, to be in fellowship. And it's damaging for people to say that, you know, either that it's their choice to be sad or that somehow their relationship with God is not right because they're depressed. That's silly. That's silly. It doesn't make any sense. We look back in the Bible, right? Jesus was depressed. Jesus cried. Jesus was a man of sorrow. Like, this is what the scripture says. And for you to basically, like, this, 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 this toxic positivity to put on people to be like, oh, well, if you're not, if you're not happy, then your relationship with God isn't right. Or, or you're just, you're just thinking the wrong things. Like, it's your fault that you're sad. What? Like, if Jesus himself, the one who did no wrong, the one who had the closest relationship with God, being that he is God and God is his father, right? Like, if he was depressed, what makes you think that nobody on earth will ever be depressed? How does that make sense? How does that make sense? If we're called to suffer like Christ did, if not more than he did, like, then how do we think we're above depression? How do we think our brothers and sisters in Christ are above depression? how this world sucks (laughs) like there are some beautiful things about this world we're in Colorado like I said seeing the, the 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 wonders of God's hands seeing the beauty seeing like amazing stuff meeting amazing people on the road building community online like with other RVers with you guys like that's beautiful friendships are beautiful there are so many beautiful things in this life but on the other hand this is not our home right So there are so many disgusting and sad and vile and depressing things about this earth. And sometimes it can feel like it's just not going to get better, right? People are hungry. Like, these are things that make me sad, right? Seeing homeless people and hungry people on the street, um, hearing about someone's passing um, from somebody that I love and I can't do anything about it. I can't fix it for him. And I want to fix it for him so bad. I want to take the pain away. But you have to let people mourn. You got to let people go through that process. Um, injustices make me sad. People killing people make me sad. Like, there are so many things in this flawed world that is depressing. <laughs> and if you're not, like, like, 
expecting people to be unrealistically happy is unrealistic. I know, whatever. But, like, it's unrealistic. It doesn't make sense. No one is happy 100% of the time. And we're not going to... And I also find, and it's just my personal opinion, I also find error with this whole thing of, like, positive vibes and, like, you know, no no distractions, no um, no sadness, no bad vibes or whatever, whatever. I honestly feel bad vibes are good for you, right? Like, how are you supposed to build immunity when you never get sick? How are you supposed to become stronger if there's never any resistance? I feel like we live in a time where people are so struggle evasive like they like they don't like what is the word i'm looking for they're so struggle um averse right so like nobody wants to struggle it sucks right but struggle is good and we'll get into that like there's stuff called unnecessary struggle and then there's stuff that's necessary and i feel like you know as you get older um when you're a baby you're just a bunch of jello right <laughs> like you're padded so you can fall and hit your head or whatever and be fine and wake up and be fine like your bones aren't even together right but as you get older you're walking you're building more muscle to support your structures to support your skeleton to support your body if you never had any resistance you would still be this bag of jello you would be underdeveloped you wouldn't be able to take care of yourself so we need to actually i feel like accept and um, better understand struggle and sadness and depression specifically because that's the focus this month. Um, Another misconception is that, you know, um, like depression only happens once. It only happens once in somebody's life. Some people battle depression for their whole lives, like their entire lives. Um, Going back, I'm sorry, I never got back to this. In the Bible, like I talk about, we talk about Jesus was depressed. David was depressed. Like there's, there, there are, you read through Psalm, read through Psalm, right? And tell me that nobody was depressed in the Bible. That doesn't make any sense. David all up and through there is like, yo, Jesus or God, this world sucks. Um, when are you going to deliver me? Uh, I need help. I hate these people. I wish you would smite them. (laughs) Like, um, I'm sad. Like David was hiding in caves and he was on the run from someone who said he loved him. Like, that is like, we go through that stuff every day, right? Like, I mean, maybe not hiding in caves, <laughs> but um, on a smaller scale. And maybe, maybe you're on the run. Maybe you've survived some sort of domestic violence situation. Maybe you have, um, you know, survived abusive parents or friends or family members, you know? Like, we can resonate. That's why the psalm is so, psalms are so um, relatable, because we can relate to that. They resonate with us. Because we know what that feels like. We know what it feels like when it feels like our enemy is winning and we're losing. I feel like that a lot. Like, these people have been trash to me and they look like they're prospering and I'm failing. Like, that can be triggering. That can be really depressing because it makes you feel like no matter what good I do, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So anyway, um, that's one of the um, things also that depression is caused by just one thing, right? So I talked about before, you can be in mourning, transition, you could have moved or something like that. You can be experiencing a breakup, you know? Um, you can be experiencing seasonal depression, right? So that's during like the more cold months when it's, you know, gray outside and there's not much like sunlight. And sunlight itself is great for treating depression, like seriously. Um, and I'll get into that later. But um, yeah, so you you don't want to be like, oh, you're depressed because of this. There could be a million reasons. Again, like I talked about chemical imbalances, like there are a million reasons why somebody could be depressed. 
Do not try to solve it yourself unless you are like a professional. And I'm not a professional. So, um, but I believe my friends, when they tell me that they're going through depression or, or a depression or they're depressed or, you know, they're going through a really hard time in life, you know, I believe them. I don't sit up there and try to fix them. No, I just sit there and listen to them because I'm not, one, I'm not a professional. But two, I want you to feel safe enough to express yourself to me. I would rather you do that than try to fill these voids with like alcohol or like with sex or whatever a person's vice may be, right? Um, so yeah, so those are some misconceptions about uh, depression. And there are a lot of other misconceptions too, but I won't get into that. Um, oh, another misconception is that you have to take medication. So I was diagnosed with, like I told you before, um, major depressive disorder. And my doctor asked me, do I want to take the medicinal route? Like, so be on antidepressants and things for my anxiety, or do I want to take a more pathological route? Right. So do I, do I want to just do counseling and, um, some stuff like that? I chose not to do medication. Right. And again, if you do, that's totally fine. Right. But we all have some sort of autonomy in our, um, being treated medically. Like we don't have to like y'all advocate for yourselves. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to just take whatever your doctor say, ask them if there's something else that you can do. If you don't feel comfortable with that, you know, you have autonomy as, as a, um, as a patient, you know, you are first and they should cater a treatment plan to you. It's not a one size fit all plan. If, if people don't get depressed for the same reason, you can't apply the same thing to all people. So I, this, and this is my reason Again, you can do what you want to do. It's fine. You know, you have that freedom. For me, I didn't want to take medication because I didn't think that was solving the, the root. Right. I felt like it would help me manage, be able to better manage my depression. I feel like it would be, it would be easier for me to get out of bed in the morning. It'd be easier um, for me to do like the day to day tasks. Right. The, the thing is, sometimes my depression would be debilitating, but sometimes it would not. So, you know, I didn't really understand how to like microdose or something like I didn't understand how to like okay I don't feel like I need a whole thing I just need like a little bit like just to get my you know just to get my motor running but at the same time I wanted to deal with the hard things that was actually causing my depression I wanted to be you know able because that's the thing people take medication and do therapy right so you can do that but I just didn't want to do that I, I just wanted to deal with the problem um so you know, I wanted to come in, I wanted to, you know, gain tools and knowledge um, to better deal with my depression, to better um, note my, uh, what do you call it, triggers and things like that. And I also didn't want the medicine to numb me of my triggers, right? Because if I'm taking medication and I don't feel, if, okay, it's dangerous. Like those people who have those diseases that don't feel pain, right? Um that's dangerous because you can fall and break your leg and you would never know or fall and fracture your spine or something like, and you have no idea because you don't have those pain receptors. Like you don't have that, that feeling. And so in the same way, I think for me, and this could be a misconception too, but like, I just felt like I needed to feel and sit with that pain and figure out where it was coming from, why I felt that way. You know what I mean? Why was I triggered? What, like what happened today? You know? Um, and no, it didn't give me all the answers. Um, I'm still working through my depression. I'm not totally healed of it. Um, some people, like I said, deal with this for the rest of their lives, but it's important that they're empowered with the tools to better deal with it. So that's kind of what I wanted to say. And 
the next part we're getting into now, I'm going to talk about this toxic Christian view of depression. So I spoke about before how the Bible, um, I'm a Christian. So the Bible is the holy text that I, that I read, that I try to follow, that I try to apply to my life. Right. Um, littered with stories of people who are depressed, <laughs> littered with people who are hurting, people who are ill, people who are hopeless, people who are like, you know, totally messed up, like because of something that happened in their lives, right? Um, and yes, the Bible is a story of hope, right? We know where our hope is and we know what the end result is going to be, right? But at the same time, we get these people who buy into that toxic positivity that I was talking about, where I had friends telling me, and again, you know, it could have been her own ignorance, but it was very destructive, right? It was very, it was very um, selfish to say, oh, you know, like, oh, you're just sad and you just, you just need to choose to be happy. Stop dwelling on sad things, you know? Um, I had the same friend tell me that I had too many traumas in my life. I had too many bad things happen to me. So imagine hearing that, feeling hopeless, feeling depressed. Um, it's just, it's it's not, it doesn't build up somebody. It tears them down. Because at that point you feel like, oh, well, you did this all to yourself. And, you know, just a few things that I've been through, abuse, neglect, like I said, abandonment, um, molestation, things like that. Like those are, those are huge traumas in people's lives. And I can talk about it now and I'm not ashamed. So it's fine. But like, I've been through a lot of crap in my life. Um, when I was in college, you know, I went through a lot of crap. Uh, yeah, (laughs) it was just a lot. Um, that was the worst time in my life for me. And for her to tell me that as one of my confidants, as one of my best friends, she was a matron of honor in my wedding. Like that broke my heart because she was beside me the entire time while I was going through this stuff. She saw what happened. And to say that the onus is on me, like, oh, well, you just have too many traumas in your life. You should, you should be over that. When that person assaulted you, you should have called the cops. Like that's victim blaming. That doesn't, no, we're, we're not holding the people that should be held accountable, accountable. You're putting the blame on the person who is suffering. Don't do that. Do not do that to other people. Um, that's just an aside. But one thing that she did stick out that I want to talk about is this idea that you shouldn't need counseling because God is your counselor, right? I spoke about it before. Jesus put us here to be in communi- community with other people. Half of his laws, half of his rules are how to deal with people, right? He didn't put us here to be alone, to be isolated. And a lot of times, sometimes that makes depression worse. When you're isolated and you feel like you're the only one, whatever, like you feel like you're just the downer. You're just the, the um, like the death of the party, so to speak, right? But the truth is, when I hear from someone else that like, oh, you went through that too? Or you're going through that too? I thought it was the only one. Okay, cool. There's hope for me. There's hope for me yet, you know? Especially when it's someone who's come through the other side or someone who's going through it, right? Sometimes advice from people who don't understand depression or don't understand what it looks like or who have been taught reckless things about depression are no good for people with depression. You know, they offer help um, under the guise of, you know, being positive and trying to help you and trying to pull you up. When in reality, all you're doing is forcing someone to be happy when they're not. Forcing someone to be in good health when they're not. Like I talked about before, if I have a cold, my mom is not going to sit there and be like, get better, get better, stop being sick, 
Stop blowing your nose. Stop coughing. That doesn't make any sense, right? Your body is going to cough because it's trying to get phlegm out of your body. It's trying to heal itself. Like, you have a fever. Like, your body's trying to fight all these, like, these germs and stuff. Like, and it doesn't feel good, right? But no one is going to blame the the patient for being sick. You know what I mean? <laughs> Unless maybe, like, you know, everybody has that mama. I told you put on that jacket. I told you you wasn't wearing clothes, right? But that's just, you know, a basic level. Um, but in the same way... Your depression could be triggered. Your friend could be like, yo, you know, last time you hung out with these people, you felt like trash afterwards. I don't think you should go hang out with them. And then you go hang out with these people. And then you come back and you feel like trash and you're triggered, you know? Um, And I feel like a good friend in the moment would not say, I told you. I told you you shouldn't have gone out there. But later on, after the person has maybe come out of the episode or the person is asking for advice or venting to you, maybe then you offer like, hey, you know, I hear you and I totally feel you and I know that sucks. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it seems like these people are constantly making you feel like trash. That's what it seems like to me. And I just want you to be well. I don't think you should hang out with them no more. You know what I mean? Like, that's helpful. That's constructive. As opposed to just being like, I told you, you shouldn't have done that. Nobody does that. Like, if somebody has... Like I said, like an illness or something. If somebody had a stroke, you're not going to be like, oh, it's your fault. You know, da, 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 da. shouldn't have been eating this stuff. No, like you're sitting there. What's important to you is that they get better. What's important to you is that they improve their health, right? So they're giving medication. They're giving tips on how to live after that. They're going to rehab if like they lost um, some sort of movement in their body, that kind of thing. It's all about trying to better this person. When you say to someone as a Christian, when you say, just pray it away, that is so destructive, that isolates them, that makes them feel like it's their fault. It makes them feel like they're in bad relationship with Jesus when, when Jesus was a man of sorrow. Like, it makes them feel like trash. You cannot tell people to pray stuff away. If someone has a cold, and I mean, even if it's natural remedies, you're still going to treat it, you know? What is that saying? I think it's like, feed a, is it feed a cold and starve a fever? I don't know, whatever it is, like, even if you choose not to take NyQuil or DayQuil or whatever medication, like Mucinex, whatever, you still take some sort of natural remedy to feed your body what it needs to fight off disease, disease, to fight off sickness and illness, right? The same thing with someone suffering from depression or any mental illness for that matter. You give them the tools and the things that they need to heal themselves, to, to, um, to better equip themselves to deal with something like this. It's like if somebody has a chronic illness, right? Um, maybe they have, uh, what's that? Um, like Crohn's disease or something like, you know, Crohn's disease, like that's an issue with the stomach. Um, if I'm not mistaken. And so there are certain things people know, like, oh, I can't, I'm not going to eat that because you know, that's going to set off. It's going to inflame, oh, let's say irritable, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, I had a bout with that because I was really stressed out. And so, my doctor was telling me things to avoid in order to um, not, you know, get inflamed, right, in my intestine. And so um, some things she was saying, like, don't be stressed out, <laughs> you know. Um, I don't know why God that did this, but our minds and our guts are connected for some reason. I don't know. But when, I, but when you, like, think about when you're nervous, right, when people get bubble guts when they're about to perform. That's because your mind and your guts are connected, right? That's stress. That's stress. So stress is causing you to get bubble guts, you know? Um, so yes. So please understand that you can have Christ and you can have therapy. You can have Christ. 
You can have therapy. You can have prayer. You can have counseling. You can have prayer, and you can hang out with your with your homegirls and your sisters to vent and to be affirmed and to be loved on. You can take medication, and you can be in the house of God. You know what I'm saying? Like, stop villainizing these people for being ill. Stop putting that onus on them. Like, in any other case, right? Like, oh, Christ is a healer, and I and I agree that he is. Like. Don't get me wrong. Christ is a healer. He's a fixer. Da, 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 you know what I'm saying? But then you put the onus on them to fix themselves, which is directly not aligning with your belief as a Christian. We're taught to be totally dependent on God. And you tell these people with mental illnesses, oh, you need to do this, 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 and this. So you're not depressed no more. So you're not sad, you know, and check your motives, right? Are you, do you want them to be better because you truly want to see them better? You know, And if you do, then do the work. You know what I'm saying? Do the research. Find out about what they struggle with. Help them put together a plan. You know, we'll get into that um, next episode. But help them put together a plan. Help them put together, you know, if they're depressed, cook them dinner. Because they're probably not cooking. Because it's probably laborious for them to do that. Unless they have that as something that helps them deal with it, right? Um, Offer to take them out. if If they're at home alone, you know what I'm saying? Or offer to clean their house for them. Like, there are ways that you can be helpful that's not destructive to them and their process. That's not going to set them back and make them feel bad when they already feel bad, right? And then check yourself to figure out if it's a selfish motive. Do you just want them to be better because you're tired of, of them being sad? You're tired of, like, being um, around mopey people, using air quotes, mopey people, or, like, downers or whatever? That's selfish. That's really selfish. It's really selfish because you don't really... You're not really doing that stuff and saying that stuff to care for them. You're trying to hurry up their process so you don't have to do it anymore. So you don't have to, um, so you don't have to, uh, feel it anymore. Right. And so if you find yourself in that situation where you feel like, you know, either it's coming from a selfish motive, like I don't want to deal with this. Or if it's like, um, well, they just need to do it because I don't know why they're so sad because look at their life. They're so happy. Another misconception, right? That because you have everything in the world, you're supposed to be so happy. Let me tell you something. A lot of depressed people are rich. A lot of depressed people are rich. They're lonely. They have no, like, meaning in their life. Like, it's sad, right? Money cannot buy happiness. It really cannot. It can make you more happy because you have less stressors, right? Because, hello, we all want that money to, to pay our bills and to get out of debt. But there's a threshold. There's, like, a like I think I heard if it's over $70,000, you start to become depressed. Like, there's no... Hold on. Excuse me. Oh. I almost sneezed. Anyway, <laughs> excuse me. So, yeah, so there's, like, this threshold where um, anything over that is, like, just too much. And you feel like you don't know what to do with that, right? Um, I can make 100 a year because, 100K a year because I need to get out of debt, right? But if I'm already out of debt and I have everything I want, everything I need, sometimes you can feel like you don't have anything to strive for. You don't have meaning, right? We attach so much of our meaning to our financial situation, to us getting out of debt even, which is not good either. Um but yeah, so many, like I said, many reasons why somebody could be depressed. But please, if you are selfish, do not step in to try to help people and save the day. If you don't know what to say, just say, I hear you. I'm here for you. <laughs> I'm here for you. Like, what what can I do to help? You know what I'm saying? Ask them what, they really, what they're really looking for. Are they just looking for an ear? Are they just looking for a place to vent and be safe? Be that for them. You don't have to fix them, you know? 
Um, one of my, you know, friends, um, when I was going through one of my depressive episodes, um, felt like she had to fix me. And I told her, I said, I know you can't fix me. I'm not asking you to fix me, right? Like, that's silly. What I'm asking for you to be, is to be a friend, like I've been to you. You know, it's a give and take. Like, I've sat there and I listened to her vent and I consider it an honor. An honor for me to be able to be a friend to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you trust me? I'm going to do, try my best anyway. I'm flawed. But try my best to be, to do, um, to honor that. To honor the fact that you trusted me enough to tell me. Meaning not spreading your business to other people. Meaning asking you, how can I help you right now? You know what I'm saying? Not throwing it up in your face or trying to fix you because I'm not a professional and anything I say can and might be destructive to your process. You know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah. So I just wanted to talk about that because I feel like it's really important to understand that you can have prayer and you can have medicine. You can have prayer and you can have counseling. You have prayer and you can have hanging out with your besties or whatever. Hanging out, going dancing, going to eat. Like... They're not mutually exclusive, and I wish everybody would stop making it seem like it is, you know? And I know it's not everybody, but it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people who do that. So, yes. Um, so, yeah, that was our first episode about depression. And, um, yeah, like, read your Bible. Look it up. Read these stories and see that people in the Bible were depressed. And it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be sad, and it's okay to be depressed. It's okay but you can seek help and still be intact with your faith. You don't have to choose. You know what I mean? Um, counseling is for everyone. <laughs> counseling is not just for people who are depressed or people who have anxiety, people who are ill. There's also like people who go to counseling t- for maintenance. You know what I'm saying? Like you go to the, you don't just go to the doctor because you're sick. You try to go for pre- preventative care, right? You try to go to like better like oh snap like oh my lipids are kind of high let me you know calm down on the fats you know what I'm saying like I don't know I'm not a doctor (laughs) Um, but you go to the doctor for a checkup you go like ladies you go for your annual exam to check out you know um your breasts and your you know your your lady parts like to fit to to be preventative not to be like oh something's wrong you want to catch something before it happens you also want to prevent something before it happens um So I'm here to tell you, you don't have to be depressed to go to counseling, okay? And I really recommend it for everybody. And counseling, like I said, yes, I recommend, um, what do you call it? Like, uh, what is it? Like professional help. But I also recommend that you get in community that's safe for you, that you can vent, that you can get um, loving brothers and sisters around you um, to edify you, to sharpen you, which is painful but necessary, to hold you accountable, to... um, to educate you, like, you want people of all seasons in their lives. Like, you want wise counsel. You know what I'm saying? So check your circle. Check your circle. Check yourself. Are you a safe place for other people? Do you have wisdom to impart on somebody? Do you need to get it? Do you need to seek certain communities and things like that? Do what you have to do um, before you actually need it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and if you find that you are depressed, that you struggle with depression... Are you like, dang, I've been sad for like, you know, two years. You know what I mean? And I'm not laughing, like, but it can happen. You can look up one day and be like, I've been sad for a long time. When was the last time I actually felt like 
I had joy in this life? When was the last time I actually felt free and unburdened? You know what I'm saying? Really, really check in with yourself or go to an actual professional to check in, you know, to do that maintenance, to do that preventative care. Like I said, counseling is for everyone and I recommend it for every single one. Even if you think you're in good health, go to counseling and find wise counsel. So thanks you all for listening to this first episode um, for this month for Depression Awareness Month. Um, Like I said, for the remainder of the month, we're going to be talking about depression. And it's not just for people who are depressed, but also people who um, who may have people in their lives who are depressed. And also, it's just good to hear just in case somebody comes to you, you know, Um, just to hear my perspective and my um, experience. Because like I said, I'm not I'm not representing everybody. Right. This is just my personal experience and what have I've learned and what I've read and things like that. So I hope this is helpful. Please feel free to share. Um, Feel free to email me the full project at gmail.com. Feel free to leave a review, to leave a comment. Um, if you follow us on Instagram, this month I'm going to be putting out um, tips and things like that for depression, for people with depression who struggle with it, or for people who are in community with other people who have who struggle with depression. So yeah, so um, thanks for listening. I will talk to y'all. Talk to y'all. Sorry, I will talk to y'all next week. All right, love you guys. Bye.